You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Joel Alcon and save the date for August 21st for the pre-market prep introduction to professional trading special featuring myself, Dennis and Rob Fries in a bright trading. We'll spend three hours discussing how to become a professional trader, the pros and cons of different order types, the best brokers to use and how we prepare for our trading day and much more. Go to premarketprep.com to register today. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome to today's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick. We are still in the heart in the thicket of earnings season here we got moderna we got roku we got uber we got ea we will try to cover as many of them as we can we're going to talk robin hood of course as well our guest today is mark shaken he will join the show at 8 15 and peter tuckman i hope will be on at nine uh from wall street global trading academy from the floor of the new york stock exchange a lot to get to today as i mentioned go ahead and do me a solid take one second out of your day and smash that like button please and thank you i have a fancy new graphic that uh with regards to the uh the likes and uh, i can't find it now forget it. oh there it is there we go smash that like button thank you very much don't forget link in description to the pre-market prep saturday special three hours link in description check it out there joel dennis good morning how are we doing in this pre-market session uh, we're doing well. Uh, I'm going to call you Chipper because you're always such a happy then, happy this. So you put so me happy. in a good, you put me in a good mood. Uh, we're up 1050. Uh, man, technical Thursday uh, held the close off that uh, 6 p.m. open, and we got a little stall at the end of day high from yesterday at 08 uh, and a quarter, 0875 high. Jobs number tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So just keep an eye on that. So we'll see if people jockey position for position out of the jobs number. Uh, crude, it was a buck higher, but now it's down 18 cents to 67.99. Gold gave all those gains back from yesterday. That's up a buck 60, 18, 16, 10. Silver just hanging out in the middle, 25 handle, up 8 cents at 25.54. Uh, Bitcoin, that's in the red by $1,800. These are the futures at 38000 even, not seeing a reason for that. Uh, Ethereum, 
down $81.75 mm-hmm. at uh, $2,619. Uh, Triple D, uh, I imagine you didn't have a lot of action. Well, maybe with the earnings you had some action last night. But uh, what what caught your eye? I know there was a couple different things you have on a your mind. A lot of things catching my eye. Yeah. A lot of action last night. Uh, okay. All right. I'm just looking at the futures were a little tight. but the futures have been tight for a long time. I mean, if you're sitting here and you're a futures trader, you're bored because, uh, you know, and we saw it with the Virtue report yesterday. Ooh. I mean, trading volumes in the last quarter were lighter, and VIRT was going down because of it. So, um, you know. You we're still got the... it? No, I sold it. I sold it actually ahead of the report. Um, you know why I sold it? was I just bought it like a week and a half ago and I was swimming and then I looked and I was like that was a kind of a, a slow quarter. Um it was a slow quarter for <laughs> volume. It was a slow quarter for my own personal trading. Um and I was like, you know what? They usually track pretty closely to like what I'm doing. Not that I'm doing the same thing, but I, I they would probably have some strategy overlap. But when volumes are lower, volatility's lower, I make less money because I'm doing a lot of inefficiency trading and they're all in efficiency trading. So um you know market making. So okay. volumes later, I kind of thought that they might actually not do well in the quarter. So I actually did sell it, but I do intend to rebuy it. I still like the company. I like the company a lot. Um, it bounced. Um, I'm going to wait for a day, but I'm, I'm just basically scalping. Like I, I, I bought it and sold it pretty much at the same price. And I didn't realize it was reporting. I bought it about a week and a half ago. I was like, oh, I forgot they were reporting. And I was looking. I really analyzed it. And then so I dumped it right uh, the, the day before the report because I didn't want to take it through the report. So, but I'm going to rebuy it. I still like the company. Okay. But anyways, you look at that and, you know, it has been lighter volume here. Um, It has been quiet in the futures. You know, VIX has come down, you know, significantly from where we were at 17. Obviously, you know, a few months ago, we were up over 30. So it's quiet. It's quiet. Uh, But there's individual moves that are crazy. (laughs) And I mean, you know, we've talked and maybe we should start with HUD because it is the stock that everybody is talking about continuously here. What a move yesterday. I mean, it broke out and Kramer was talking 60. And I was like, well, I don't know if it's going to 60. It didn't go 60. It went to 85. So, I mean, this is just an insane move. FOMO just takes over with people. And obviously, you know, that's, you know, congratulations to people who were long it before. But if you're buying a stock that doubles in one day and you're buying it up 100%, holy macro, you're buying somebody else's profits. Anybody who was selling Hood yesterday when it was limit up and limit up multiple times right in the early morning, Congratulations. Great call. Stocks come back down here now. We have a headline overnight here, Spencer. Give us the de- details. Yeah, before I get to that, what if you bought and sold Hood yesterday? Then what? Then what are you? Hope you bought it right. <laughs> Hope you didn't buy it 85 Spencer and sold did. It 60. Spencer did. Can Spencer, we should have. Did, are you a day a, trader in Hood? Yeah. Can, can, we, do, Spencer? can we have a music or something just for, on this? Uh, do we have a Do we have a soundbite? Um, maybe that. I don't know. It was what was it? What'd you do? Tell us about your trade. I'm a little quiet. Don't make it louder. Um, <laughs> what did I do? Uh, yeah. At like FOMO. Yeah, basically FOMO. Yeah, it was it was a stressful few stressful four minutes for me. Whatever. Uh, four minutes. You're a day trader now. What did you do? I'm so whatever excited. Whatever. Uh, here, I'm pulling up my account because I don't actually. I, I, I want to be accurate with like the timing and all that stuff. So sure. Um, at nine. Uh, da, 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 there we go. Um, at nine thirty-three, uh, so it was at sixty-one dollars. Uh, bought there and sold it right after the first halt. Right, actually, right before the second halt at nine forty. Uh, at seventy-one dollars. Nice. 
10 points, yeah. basically. Yeah. Ten in, 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 in one, you in, like this day trading yeah. stuff, 10 points in minutes. less than 10 minutes. You're better than me. I tell you, I haven't had a 10-point trade in 10 minutes in a long time. Yes. Nice trade, Spencer. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I like it when Spencer, somebody says, look at Dennis Smile. I like it when Spencer makes money trading more than when I make money trading, believe it or not, because it's exciting. We love Spencer. Well, but honestly, I was talking about, talking about this with Joel yesterday, but but I, I I was a market in, market out type of situation. So I, I basically had no plan. It was it was a it was a chaotic six minutes in my head. You're playing um, the MOBO. You were in there, and you got out in time. You got out while the circus was in town. Well, sell the peanuts. You sold your peanuts while the circus. As soon as we got the first halt, I was like, "Oh shoot!" Uh, <laughs> halts are a little bit on you know nervous, especially when they're going the other halts way. Halts are but... never right, good. right. So I was like, "Okay, I, I don't want any part of any more halts for now." So um, <laughs> I was like, as soon as we opened, uh, I you know I, I was done market order. So you know, well, so whatever I get, I get, <laughs> and then. And so, um, nice, well, nice trade, Spencer. So it was FOMO, but it was it was fun. It was a fun few fun few minutes, that's for sure. Do you, got, got, you know what? Oh. You you did you give the? Are you done yet, Spencer? I'm, I'm done. I'm done. This I got a story here that I never told. Oh no! So this is this is a good one. Okay. You will like this one. Okay, it, it's kind of floor related, but it's not. And uh, if everyone thinks I'm old already, you're, oh, you're gonna yeah. rip. we love it when Joel dates himself. This is really old. Okay, this is uh, in 1987. Okay, when yeah. uh, when during the crash, um, they basically kept, came down and said, you know, unless you have like a hundred grand or a quarter million in your account, you can't you can't trade on the floor, right? That's so that. I didn't quite have an that much money in my account and uh so i was upstairs trading and things were absolutely crazy and the market was just crashing and this one guy and i'm not i remember his whole name but i'm not going to give it and he he was sitting there and he's watching the market go down and he's like oh my god i gotta get short i gotta get short i don't know where to get short and he goes so he picks up the phone he had to call on the order and he goes sell one market and then the person hung up the phone on him, like, you want me to sell a one lot, you know? And then he and then he waits about 15 seconds. He goes, I shouldn't have done that. And he picks up the phone, he goes, buy one. Okay. It took him like two and a half hours to get the fill. Oh, and he wow. ended up and he, Yeah, they're like a one lot in the crash. They're like, you're selling one at the market, buying one at the market. Yeah, we're not taking your odd lot <laughs> trades here basically right now. We're not worried about that. Where'd they execute them? I think he scratched <laughs> it Sold the low, bought it the high. No, they or just lost scratched. money or something. Two and, and a I half just... hour confirm in a crash. That's fine. You know what? Yeah, like the people on the floor, they probably just never, you know, I mean, and also when things like that, the paper just stacks up on, you know, because everything was an automated paper trail. So, you know, the, all of a sudden when things slow down, you just have all this paper in front of you with all this handwriting that you can't read. Yeah. And so I, I remember I remember Steve doing that trade. So when Spencer. Well, hey, that was me yesterday. Uh, <laughs> right in the, in the flying, that stock's flying high. My, my odd Buy lot. one. My odd lot. Uh, Buy one. But if you, um, if you are curious, you can watch this whole thing kind of play out because I did it on the stream. Yeah. Oh, nice. 9.35 yesterday. Live trading uh, with Spencer yeah. Israel. That could be a segment. Yeah. On our show after this uh, that, that we do live trading with Benzing. Anyway, so the new, the overnight news that Dennis was referring to you on a, on a hood was this offering the uh selling shareholders there is 
some shareholder out there that has decided they want to sell 98 million shares of Robinhood. Um, my, my, my suspicion, and I, I have no information, this is just what I think, is I think some institution, some pension fund, whatever, saw yesterday, they were like, oh my God, I did not sign up. I'm sorry, oh my gosh. I say oh my gosh, I did not sign up for this. Get me out. I want out. I want out. That's I think they want to ring the register. Okay. I'd want to ring the register too. It's like, boom, 85 bucks. Get me out. Let's ring. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah. So it's down. You know what? I was actually, I heard the offering and I was like, wow, you know, Vlad is smart. And then it was like by selling shareholders. And I'm like, no, I'm like Robinhood. If it's, it's going to pop up like this, sell some stock for the shareholder, like sell some stock for the company. So raise some cash at, you know, these higher prices there. That's what I was hoping he would do. But this is for selling shareholders. So just to clarify, that means the company is not getting the money for these shares. This is somebody that wants out. So this is for an individual. So this isn't even a good offering. This isn't one you want to see. You never want to. They're, they're not. They're never. You know, when you've got selling shareholders that want out, it's never. There's no way to spin that as a really a good thing. So I mean, you know, we we've looked at you know different situations where a stock is rallying high and they want to sell stock to raise money to do better things without a really high inflated price. Um, you know, those are better reasons to have an offering. So. Um, stock down, it's down six bucks. I mean, this is a wild child. I would look at yesterday's low at the, as the first area of major support. It's how we did it four days ago. Look at the daily bars. I mean, you can look at all the intraday stuff, but really you got 54 bucks. I would imagine if it gets really silly and it wants to come way down, I would imagine that 54, 55 area finds some buyers. I don't know if it's going to get down there, but falling nine bucks when a stock's moving around 80% in a day from the previous candle. It's possible. So if I was looking to buy it, that's probably the first level I would look at. I'm not looking to buy it. In all likelihood, I won't even make a trade in it. I did make one trade in it yesterday, too. It wasn't nearly as good as yours, Spencer Israel. I think I made 14 cents. I got in it. <laughs> How did you only? <laughs> I got in it, and I had immediate buyer's remorse because I couldn't get a locate, so I came and shorted. I had immediate buyer's remorse. I'm like, you know, I'm turning around selling this. I was in it for like 10 seconds. I was like, what am I doing? Stop trading this stuff. So you leave it on your screen long enough, you look at it, you want to make a trade in it. So better not to even look at it. But it, 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 if you guys want, I will do like a three hour course if you want to attend about how to make ten dollars on, on every trade. That <laughs> would be amazing. I would actually sign up. That's yeah. we're okay. gonna add you to our, our, okay. our, our curriculum there for well, uh, well, well not this time because I'll be at a wedding, but ne- next time. Uh, you know what? Uh just real quick, I know we gotta bring Mark on, but I, yeah. I gotta uh someone tweeted at me yesterday. Um, about, you know, why do we mention, why do I mention daily highs and lows so much? And then also look at the weekly and the monthly. And Dennis, you just mentioned it there. I mean, it's no, it's no secret sauce. It's just, you know, two lows in the same area or two highs in the same area, you know, give you an indication that someone bigger is doing something. And then when they coincide with the weekly and the monthlies and things just kind of all line up, you know, it all comes from the dailies, but, you know, weekly data is made up of daily data. Monthly data is made up of daily data. So it was a good question. I don't know if I explained it right on uh, on Twitter, but, you know, if you're short term, long term, whatever, it, that's a great example in Hood when it made that double bottom there. Technically, 60 bucks is the pre-market low. That's all I have to say about that. Trade at your own discretion. Spencer will be Wild child. Yeah. I mean, the halts. I mean, come on. That's just, 
that I, I don't even know. That's just like a blank check, right? Because it went to eight. What if you bought it like eighty four ninety nine? It gets halted eighty five. You think it's opening up at a hundred? I don't know. I mean, well, and, and the worst part of all this is, is it got halted, and my first thought was, oh, I didn't see, I did not see this coming. <laughs> Is there one person that's selling this, or is there uh, a group of people selling this? It's got to be a. They selling shareholders or selling shareholders? It looks like um, well, shareholders. Ninety-eight mil. Yeah, that's by selling shareholders. Well, but for all we know, it's some. It's it's one person representing. Maybe it's flat. Uh, (laughs) I don't think it's flat. It'd be interesting to find out who it is. I don't think we'll ever know, you know but you know, sometimes sometimes you find out from the street, but for the most part, yeah. you sometimes never find out. You don't. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's bring Mark Chaykin on here from Chaykin Analytics, longtime veteran of these markets. Uh, Mark, good morning. What's up, man? How we doing? Good morning, Animal Spirits. Amazing. Animal Spirits, exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. We're just here for the show. What uh, what's uh, what's on your radar here? What are you watching? Uh, I'm watching the ten year down under uh, one twenty. Yes. Wow, and that's driving uh, large cap tech again. Nvidia, yep. I love Nvidia here. Uh, have have for about three weeks, and Rosenblatt just raised their price target to two fifty from two hundred. So that gives everybody some cloud cover, and uh, there you go. You look at the move in AMD, and it's been just a you know a oh, crazy shit. breakout. And you think you know the Johnny catch-up trade's probably going to be, even though you know Nvidia has been the leader for a long time. Nvidia hasn't really had a move here to like the AMD here in the last week and a half. So I kind of like your trade as well, just you know as a as a sympathy trade. I think if Nvidia can take out those highs from last month back at two hundred eight, we could start to see you know the start stock start to really you know go to. Obviously, AMD was a beneficiary of a lot of talk on Reddit, but I mean Nvidia sits there. It's still probably best of breed. Um, I I, I kind of like it here too. Yeah, and I, I think the um... Stock is typically traded up to price targets. I mean, uh, way back when, before the split, maybe nine months ago, Bank America had some crazy number and it never got there, but it got there eventually. So uh, I think these things are like magnets. It, it as I said, gives people cover to buy the stock, and uh, just a beautiful, beautiful stock gets above two ten, and and it's off and running. Uh, we're on the line with Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics. Joins the show every Tuesday, or excuse me, every other Thursday to share his fundamental and technical thoughts on the market. Uh, we got something from Cam Carson here, and I want to address it with you. Uh, and it's just talking about volatility. And he says it's an old question, but he he thinks that ninety nine percent of the traditional asset. Uh, management world still doesn't understand or pay attention to volatility as an asset class. Uh, blows my mind. If you're not paying attention to vol, you're ignoring 50% of the market. Uh, what's your take on that, Mark? Well, it depends whether you're talking about VIX or you're talking about intraday volatility, but um, 99% of the active managers don't influence the market anymore. It's all index all right. funds and high frequency trading and some yeah. sort of um, you know, Quants. algorithmic, quanti- quantitative, and they, they're paying attention to volatility. So, I mean, the, the simplest way to look at volatility is when volatility is low, equity exposures go up because people use more leverage in these trillions of dollars of quantitative strategies. And when volatility goes up, they pull in the reins and, and reduce their exposure. I think Dennis knows about that. And, 
you know, beyond that, for the average trader to look at volatility, I think it's going to drive you crazy. Uh, you know, look at the technical price patterns. I'd rather look at double tops and double bottoms like you just talked about than try yeah. and game the volatility uh, trade. So, Mark, it's been such an interesting earnings season. A lot of companies reporting and beating, but the expectations may be too high because some of these companies not responding well to the earnings beats. Um, I, I, I'm torn on this market because you got the indices, you know, sitting, you know, very near highs like the SPY. QQQ, very near all-time highs. QQQ touching all-time high almost today. IWM off a little bit, though. So, you know, the small caps have not participated nearly as well as some of the mega caps. Do you think eventually we go back to the small cap market? Or is this the time where, you know, FANG is going to drive the bus? I think eventually you go back there, but only when interest rates start going up. It's really tough for small caps to rally uh, in an interest rate environment that's as, as weak as we're seeing right now, strong bond market weak. Um, 10 year yield. But I do think that the earnings season is interesting for a couple of other reasons. You've got companies like Clorox, which had a bearish rating in our power gauge quantitative model that basically flamed out and dropped dramatically. You've got companies talking about raising prices because material costs are going up. And then you've got companies like Etsy that are showing that you know the, the the online marketplace is not a monolithic. Uh, you know you've got the Amazons of the world, and then you've got some specialized retailers that aren't doing as well. And then you have Roku, you know, telling you that uh, streaming volume is off, and uh, even though the numbers were great, disappointing based on expectations. So uh, it's a market that to me spells choppy into the end of the summer and then possibly some weakness in September, very seasonal patterns. But as long as interest rates stay where they are and the big cap tech stocks report the way they've been reporting, you're gonna see the major indices continue to make new highs. Choppiness and making new highs. Where have I, where have I heard that before? Jobs uh, number, Mark, jobs number. Is it gonna mean anything, do anything? What do you think? We're in a Goldilocks market. If the numbers come in strong, the economy's doing better. If the numbers come in weak, the Fed's not going to uh, taper as, as soon and won't raise rates. So uh, that that's, you know, we are in the dog days of summer, but I don't think the employment numbers matter much, except that, you know, maybe you've got uh, a number that's such a big outlier. You already had the uh, ADP number, and it didn't spook the market. We're, we're back up today after um, you know some selling yesterday in theory based on that number. I, I do think we're in a Goldilocks environment right now since so much attention is being focused on uh, the Fed and whether they're going to taper and when they're going to start raising rates. So there's all this chatter this morning about 2023, and Clarita says this, and someone says that. It's, it's a good market if you're on the right horse. If you're backing That's the wrong great, horse, yeah, uh, it's not a great market. That's so true. I mean, this has been, you know, some people, you know, say that stock pickers market. What is a stock pickers market? We are in a stock pickers market because there's a lot of stocks, and I tell you, aren't very near all-time highs. A lot of stocks have been getting hit, and then there's other stocks that just for whatever reason continue to defy gravity, continue to go higher. I mean, it, it, it's tricky. I mean, if we look back to January, I was looking at my portfolio. It's like everything was going up. But now you're in this mixed market and some stocks are going up and some stocks are going down. We got reopening trades one day. Then the next day, the stay at home stocks are back in favor. How do you keep it all straight? 
<laughs> technical analysis. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> not charts. It's not that hard. Uh, well, it's hard, but um, I, I just think if you look at some group relative strength, so uh, software had been weak and then it really turned strong about four or five weeks ago. Semiconductors are strong. If you start with group relative strength, you tend to point yourself in the right direction. So that's where I came to the NVIDIA trade about three weeks ago. It pointed me to Oracle on a dip here last week, which uh, has now come back up toward the old highs. And so I think if you use group relative strength, you're going to point yourself in the right direction. Then it's just a question of finding the best stocks like an AMD or an NVIDIA or an Oracle right here. Are are there aside from you know uh, Nvidia and, and, and semis or whatever tech stocks? Are there any reopenings that you do like? Tough to like reopening trades here until and, and the market tells you you're right. I mean, you could bottom fish in what well, you know the travel trades getting hit bad today because of fears about a COVID, um, uh, not lockdown but COVID restrictions. Hard to like the reopening trades here. Uh, you know, and you've got the big banks like J.P. Morgan and Morgan Stanley saying, no, they'll come back. Uh, you know, they'll they'll be back in favor. But it's tough to find the names where you want to buck the trend. And one one place I would definitely be looking and unfortunately, uh, if you're averse to buying new highs are the cybersecurity stocks. We've talked so many times about Fortinet. Um, and some of the other cybersecurity stocks, Fortinet's had a bullish power wow. gauge rating going back to December. But even there, look at the earnings reaction there. You got a big steep sell-off on earnings. It absolutely meant nothing. And the stock then powers ahead and, and beats the old high by about 15%. So I think you've just got to look for opportunities in cybersecurity, software, semiconductors, and avoid bottom fishing in the reopening trade. Yeah. And you know what, Mark? You've been consistent on that for a while now. So can't fault you for always changing your mind because when you get convicted, you stay convicted. So so we appreciate that. Uh, Mark Chaikin is the founder of Chaikin Analytics, ChaikinAnalytics.com. That's the, where the power gauge is at that Mark is always referring to. Uh, Mark, have a good rest of your week. We'll talk to you in a couple. You bet. All right. Enjoy. 826. Let's do some earnings, everyone. We let's do some stocks. Let's do we some earnings. Let's start with stocks. Moderna. Let's start with Moderna here. Sure. Okay. This is this was a report uh and it was out. And the numbers, I mean the numbers are what they are. It's out this morning. EPS beat, sales beat. Um, don't know how relevant those numbers are compared to the, the, what they have in the pipeline. To my eyes, the press release seemed pretty much all good. They talked about uh, where they are in various trials, uh, their HIV vaccine is slated for a phase one study, or they have two candidates for that, slated for a phase one study by the end of this year, at least to, to start the study, at least. They have a, a Zika vaccine in the works. Of course, they talked about how many uh, doses of the COVID vaccine they delivered last quarter, which I guess was a smidge light, but whatever. Um, anyway, to me, this company, like, if, if another one of these vaccines hit, then these this company to me seems like incredible. It is an incredible company. There's no doubt about it. I mean, in the stock, obviously performance, I guess you're buying quality. We go back to a year ago, it says $20 stock. It's a $400 stock. Obviously COVID, the biggest beneficiary from COVID was Moderna out of probably any stock that's out there uh, yeah, um, easily. 
And you know what? They've just done everything right. And you know, they're it's a company that's firing all cylinders. They've done it all right. I've missed the boat on this one. I thought when we were getting past COVID back, it looked like in May or June that the stock would start leaking. But you know what? The last couple of weeks with the with the Delta variant, and we've been talking about this trade. We've been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. That there's you know Delta the, the stocks that you know are, are you've seen the stay at home stocks you know ri- running up with Delta out there. You've seen the reopening stocks get hit. Well, this is the ultimate you know, Delta play, you know, as Delta goes up, this stock goes up. So as the cases go up, Moderna goes up and they're doing so many other things right too. Um, it's been a great company and it's been a great stock. I've missed the boat on this one. Uh, 17 bucks off the pre-market low. That's a bounce. 390 pre-market low. So what that, I mean, at least this indication is telling me is you still got buyers out there. So if you, uh, if you you go back towards that area, have to pick I think you'd have to pick a level ahead. I'm gonna give a whole range yesterday's low 37711 to 390 buy zone if you do pay, take out that pre-market low. Be interesting to see what happens at the close. We're not that far away from that for 1905 old time closing high. So you know if you're looking to get out of the mark and then 433 is the old time high in MRNA. Let's look at, oh, man, I don't even know where to go now. We can look at Uber. Uh, let's do Uber and Roku here. So we had a Lyft uh, Tuesday. We had Uber <laughs> yesterday. The Uber report was very similar. Uh, they talked just like Lyft about, uh, you know, uh, pro- EBITDA profitability sooner than expected uh, and, and you know, come back in – in drivers, in, in in active users, the whole nine yards, uh, the numbers are not really comparable. Uh, I guess the sales are comparable. The sales came in higher than expected. Gross bookings higher than expected as well. Um, anyway, Uber, it's, it's fitting with the theme what we've been talking about, right? It is a reopening play, so that's all you need to know for now. Um, <laughs> at a certain point, Uber is going to be a buy. <laughs> at a certain point, it's going to be a buy. Um, and maybe that point is today. Maybe you got all the bad news out from Lyft. Like, I mean, obviously, we got the reopening trade that has just hit this stock hard. Again, this theme, even though people don't want to hear it, the Delta is controlling the stocks to a certain extent. And Uber in the last month has been hit because of Delta. And, you know, I think at a certain point we are going to get past Delta. I do think there's going to be some buys in the reopening stocks. This one is, does have growth. I still believe in Uber. I still think it's best to breed. I still want to own this stock. Um, I don't own it, but I want to own it. So at a certain I tried to make a swing trade on it at like the 44, 45. It took out and made a new low. When the stock's making new lows, you got to go. And that's what I did. I took my loss. Um, obviously, got earnings. It's knocking it down here again. I, I don't want to be a hero and call the bottom here, but I want to own the stock. So give me a level, Joel, where I should come into Uber Ooh. because this is one stock that I do want to own. Well, I mean, this got punished uh, for Lyft. It got punished on its own. So, I mean, it it a little overdone. The overreaction in the pre-market uh, took this thing down to thirty-seven ninety, but it it doesn't feel once again that it's going back down there. Uh, you know, if you look at long-term Dennis, maybe you know on this round number like forty. You know, you're there. I mean, if you want to hold out for the next monthly low. Uh, that doesn't come in until closer to 34.06. So maybe try it 40, you know, if it, you know, if it can't put in a, like one or two lows in the same area, 
then you're out and maybe try and reload at 35. But I, I think uh, it got a little overdone. And I don't even think you're going to see that pre-market low today at 37.90. I don't, I don't think so either. I, I kind of want to buy it today. I kind of do. And, and you know, but I'm, I haven't bought it. I kind of want to buy it. But and then I'm like, I'm catching the fallen knife. You know, I've got, you know, the Delta. There's a lot of reasons not to buy this. But just because I'm so underexposed to all these reopening stocks now, I kind of want to start getting on. And this one, you know, I still think is a great yeah, company. Why, why does it have to be Uber? Like, why, well, what stock do you want to give me? Well, why does it have to be one that, like, still has never been profitable and we don't even Growth. know? We don't even know if the business model really works. Growth. I like Airbnb too. Similar, I think Uber and Airbnb are game changers for their respective industries. I mean, Uber's, you know, like you said, taxis. I, I just, I think they're game changing stocks. So they're not cheap. These aren't value trades for sure. But I mean, we've seen this market where fundamental analysis has really not got you that far. I mean, you know, you can check out Regeneron too. Here, I own Regeneron. Um, you know, and it had a fantastic report here. I mean, I mean, unbelievable report. REGN, look, bring up this report. I just want to give this argument where, you know, fundamentals have been tough to just go on fundamental analysis and say, I'm going to buy this because the stock's cheap. REGN reports $25.80, Joel, beating the estimates of $17.69. They absolutely blew it away. Sales $5.14 billion versus $3.89 billion. The stock is trading five or six times earnings if you're if you're projecting that out. And I'm not sure. Maybe it's a great environment. Maybe it's not going to continue. But it's, like, cheap. But it's like, okay, the stock's up 13 bucks on that blowout. And you say, oh, $13. It's only 2%, though. So I would have thought that it would have got a lot more. I'm long this stock. I want to be – I want to stay long it. But I don't know what – and, and the reason I was on Regeneron is I also like, you know, the, the possibilities of, you know, the, the – it's, it's, it benefits obviously from increases in Delta cases because I think some of the therapies are going to you know help a lot of people and I think that Regeneron is doing a lot of good things. But just bring it back to the original conversation is you know cheap stocks if you're if you're investing on just fundamentals alone it's been tough because there's some stocks that just defy gravity you know and I've learned the hard way with Tesla where you know I've been a hardcore Ford and GM fan and GM you know had a great quarter it didn't matter. You know, because expectations were too high and, you know, and fundamentals, you know, you look at this fundamental analysis and GM trades eight or nine times earnings, maybe 10 times earnings and got Tesla, whatever, 100 times earnings. It, it, it's so tough and not saying you got to redefine it all, but I think you've got to have some growth names, some secular growth names in your portfolio as well. And I think Uber is a great company and I like Uber better than Lyft. I think it's got the name and I do think Uber and Airbnb, even though the valuations are, are quite high i think they continue to grow into those valuations so it's a company i've always wanted to own it's come off significantly here i'm wondering if you just threw uber in your long-term portfolio at 40 dollars and looked at it two years from now i think you'd maybe be happy what, what are your thoughts joel uh or, I th or Spencer. Yeah, yeah i mean someone just mentioned about a, a lockdown would would absolutely kill the stock i mean but we already I, had that i, I know that, that I, I don't yeah nothing happens the same you know, if, if if we do get, it's just we're I don't not think going we're back gonna, to twenty. No, it's not I, I don't going like so COVID. Delta isn't going to be like COVID was in March of twenty twenty. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I think it's gonna. I think eventually we are going to find a way past this. I hope. You know, you got companies like Moderna that you know they're very smart, and what they've done is nothing short of amazing in the last year. And you know, obviously shareholders rewarded the stock for that, rightfully so. But 
I mean, you look at a stock like Uber. I don't think we're going to Delta is going to crash us down to 30 bucks here on this. They have the Uber Eats, you know, and that helps, too. I mean, it's down from $63, $64. I mean, yeah, it's still not cheap from a valuation perspective, but, you know, it hasn't been cheap for a valuation perspective ever. It, it's I, I, I just think it's a good company that eventually is going to benefit from you know, I have time to do it. Maybe I can do it after nine o'clock. Find some daily lows in that area, maybe two or three or four lo- daily lows in that area and give you something to lean on. But a lot of times, you know, and how many times have you seen this? A stock gets pummeled off its earnings, whatever happens. First of all, I mean, I'll give a couple examples. Tesla, they, they, this low right here, I believe, was on earnings day. And look what it did turned around, made earnings day low, EDL, shot out of a cannon. Uh, Oracle, right? They reported, you know, they're a late reporter. Look at that. Gap down, took a couple day, earn, not yeah, match that low, earnings day low. So very, you know, watch it today. You don't necessarily have to buy it at 40, but, you know, market, market, like this was, this was the earnings day. This is the way things reacted. And then you can get it because this has been punished for lift. It's been punished on its own. It's punished as part of a reopening trade. I mean, it, you know, eventually there's got to be some, you know, good news coming. That's out what I'm of saying. Is this all the bad news? Isn't eventually in this? I mean, there's people saying, you know, and Delta is serious. I'm not, you know, discounting that. You know, we're, we're you know we're not going to get an increase in cases. And the news flow this is why I haven't owned any reopening stocks. I do believe that the news flow for Delta is going to get worse in the near term before it gets better, but. It's a lot. These reopening stocks have been punished pretty hard. And I think Uber's a reopening play, too. And I don't think anybody would deny that. So, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like it here at 40. The challenge now becomes, because last time around, everything went up regardless. Every reopen, you know, and I wonder if it's going to be as equitable this time around, right? I, I think an Uber will lead. I yeah. think you're going to see a company like Uber with growth uh, lead the way. I think you're going to see a company like Airbnb and Airbnb already started turning around here. And Airbnb is a tough one because is it a reopening trade? But is it kind of a stay-at-home stock too for the simple reason is that it's an alternative to hotels? I mean, Well, that's – there you go. I mean – Airbnb uh, is a good one too. Again, I like Airbnb. I had it in the portfolio for a while, and then I sold it out um, when, it, when it started breaking down. I don't like them when they start breaking down. Um, but you're back up here in a resistance. I mean, I'm not getting Airbnb – you know, you're buying that right into resistance at 150. I mean, it's a huge wall of resistance there. So, uh, I more like to buy the dip. There hasn't been. There's been a nice dip on Uber. There hasn't been no dip on Airbnb here in the last week and a half. You know, look at Marriott. I just can't believe this thing's at like at. I mean, not too far off the old time high. No, I know those are. In no, Hilton, I don't understand those at all. I don't understand those at all. But I, I'll just say, and uh, I know the value. Just you know, from my experience over the weekend, I mean, these big hotels. I mean, they're hard to manage. I mean, they did. We were in a, a Westin, and I mean, there was there was no maid service. I mean, they can't find people to work. People are, you know, worried. About, you know, the the going in the rooms to work. I just think these 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 small. Just like I'm a, a big believer in smaller airplanes. You know, eventually, that's why I'm not looking at any of these big. You know, the Delta and American. I just think every. You know, like an Airbnb. When the one we stayed in it um, uh, down in Florida, it was like eight units manageable you know someone bought a property redid it everything was brand spanking new except they didn't have cable oh is that the bat phone there dennis i think so 
And uh, iPhone so five. Yeah. It, <laughs> what'd you say? That's the five. I'm still on the five. <laughs> you guys are with I don't upgrade. Worse with updates. Wait, Joel, finish that thought, and then I have something to say. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. I point. just think I like I I just the whole concept, the big hotel concept. Yeah. I just I think. Okay. I think you more there's fundamental shifts that are going to happen from COVID. They're going to be in five, 10, 15, 20 years. And I think Airbnb it, is the fundamental. And I, and I think it isn't going away. It ain't going away. I think it's smaller airplanes and, and the margins hotels. are huge. Easier. Like I, I love the Airbnb. I just the valuation. I can't it's wrap my tough. head. Go ahead, Spence. Okay, uh, Mia Copel a little bit on the Robin Hood thing. If I had taken an extra five seconds and gone to look at the filing, I would have seen, oh, wait a minute. It tells you who's selling. So uh, a variety of pre-IPO and uh, a lot of venture investors. Uh, you know, Andreessen Horowitz is selling 9 million uh, shares. You've got a bunch of a bunch of venture firms. Uh, Sigma River Holdings. I'm oh, ringing the register. Yeah, yeah just a, a bunch. Of, and I don't know who's behind those these people, right, for all we know. But I'm just saying it's, it's it looks like it's mostly VCs is, 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 is behind this. So a lot of VCs are ringing the register. So uh, earlier we said we didn't know. Now, now we, we do know. We just didn't look at the filing. Since we're talking about Robinhood, I just I just have to share this from you, and this this just warms my heart. Uh, Alan Moore mm-hmm. says, "Thank you guys. This trade was sixteen months of watching pre market prep and putting it into action." Okay, this it's, is it's on Twitter. It's on this Twitter. is on Twitter, and. Uh, let me see if I can. Yeah, uh, he had a big here. trade. Looks like ten points yeah. off of. Uh, he lucky look, look, Spencer's here makes ten points. Al makes ten points on uh, options on Robinhood too. Congratulations, Alan. Nice, very nice job. Very nice job. He, well, he not, actually did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Nice job. And he, you know, he and even after the trade was over, it was hard. It was hard to see it there. But check it out. It's um Alan Miller online autograph you can see on our twitter feed but even though the trade was a good trade and everything he he looked at what he could have done better and i think that that's one thing that we try and stress is you know analyze your trading analyze Always what you did get better even when you're right and you do really well on no. a trade you know recognize and 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 learn from it so i just wanted to mention that congratulations uh alan uh we did have some economic data who cares, right? <laughs> well, we have uh, claims, which is yeah, job big claim. number tomorrow, right? It, that's the whole thing about these economic numbers is they they're only they're only really good within the context of other numbers. Like they're only really relevant within the context of, of that's other all numbers, numbers isn't it? Right. It's all well, relative. Sure, right. So like by itself, it means nothing. So like the ADP number that was soft the other day, uh, you know, is is valuable in context of jobless claims, which is valuable in context of tomorrow's number, and they all sort of, yeah. So you know, they they, don't, I mean, now the jobs number isn't even meaning anything because I, I liked what uh, uh, what Mark said. You know, if it's a strong number, yeah, this economy's ripping. If it's a weak number, then rates aren't going up. I mean, it's right. true. And uh, right. actually, when we ha- had uh, Bob on uh, the at the Bob Bright on at the close show, and this was a while ago, it was like you know the roaring twenties. You know, it's like you know every everything is good news. And I, I like I like Mark's interpretation of the of the uh, reaction to the jobs number. Okay, uh, let's take a break from earnings for a second. We'll come back to it though because I, w- I want to get on Roku and I want to get on uh, EA. Okay. But I feel like a broken record with these things. So let's just take a break and let's talk about. Pen for a second. That had earnings too. <laughs> All 
All right, but that's not why I want to talk about it because if you yeah. look, if you look at the chart, I didn't see this till just now. Complete reversal this morning in yeah. Penn National. You're right; yeah. they did they did have earnings. I, I'll be honest, I didn't see what the numbers are. Uh, oh look, they beat and they beat. Shocker. Anyway, it was a um, it was a good report, but they're buying the score. That's they're buying why the stock the score. is down. Ticker SCR is your big new number one uh, gainer this morning because it's being bought for seventeen dollars a share in cash plus a ratio. Of 0.2398. I'll say it again. 0.2398 shares. Wrote it down for US Pen. It's a stock and cash deal. Uh, brings it to a total value of $34 a share. Where is SCR trading? It's It was at 31 now. It's up 63%. At, uh, at <laughs> um, anyway, so Penn just reversed this morning, which I just noticed. Uh, this is a very interesting transaction uh, for a couple of reasons. I've, I've been following the score for years years yeah um and i but i'll be honest with you i i you know i'm not a big sports better so i i didn't really realize how big they had become in canada on the sports betting front i guess they that that's like that's the business now so congrats to them for a successful pivot um and successful acquisition and i i saw a tweet this morning just about uh, this stock and it was by it, it was from Julian uh, Julian Klimachko, I think, who's a big SPAC guy, and he was like, years ago, you know, I was in this stock and I watched it do nothing for five years, and that was the hardest part. Well, if you watch this thing do nothing for six uh, six years now, you got rewarded. Congratulations! If you had the 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 ability to wait that long, it is not easy. Um, but this is a very interesting transaction for a number of reasons. It's an interesting transaction too. Um... Dave Portnoy is a big shareholder in the score. At least he was. Um, he's been talking about the stock for the last year. So it's interesting because obviously Dave Portnoy is very involved with Penn Gaming as well. So that's just interesting in itself. Um, I'm not going to go any further than that. Okay. But, you know, Penn Gaming getting hit here on it. Typically, when you have a, a, a company acquiring, they're paying a big premium. Full disclosure, I still have that small position in Penn. I kept a small position way back, and that's obviously been a dog. I bought it back at 76. It's now 64. So I'm a bag holder now in Penn Gaming. Um, it's getting hit harder here today. They're paying Whew. a big premium here. Uh, I don't know what to say. I'm not going to say any more on this. I'm, I'm not going to say on this. Oh, wait, wait, one, more, one more thing before you go. Uh, Mitch, credit to you. You mentioned this on, on, on your stream. Yeah, big props to Mitch. Monday, like, Mitch has been on the seasonality thing for a while here. He thinks with football coming back in a couple of weeks, then you're going to get, you know, uh, seasonality and all the sports betting plays. So we called this one out. He, I mean, I don't think he saw a takeover coming, but congratulations nonetheless. You called it out on Monday, and, and you're being rewarded here today. So nice uh, Two, two quick notes on this. Uh, one, uh, to that person, I don't know who it was, that tweeted at me about talking about daily highs and lows and the emphasis of it. One daily high and low really, you know, doesn't mean much. But when you put one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in at the same area, that's telling you there's some selling going on there. And you had the one fake out day where you yeah. took out the 73. One number on the downside. That's all I'm giving that low of the move. 63.15, folks. Big, big number th- that's it. it. That's it. It's the only number I'm it's giving. It's a big on. number. It's going to get some press. I mean, it's a big takeover. Congratulations to score shareholders. It's a big windfall for them. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting maneuver. A lot of, ta- a lot of M&A happening in the uh, sports betting space at the moment. Penn seems to be... Uh, Become positioning itself to be the big, the, one of the biggest, if not They're trying to get involved in Canada, if not, so. if not, if not the biggest fish. So you, you know, you, you've got Penn, you got Caesars, you got MGM, 
uh, it's a it's a race. It's it's just a race for market share right now, and 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 the race is on. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about a another big gainer this morning, and that is Datadog. Let's go back to the earnings here. Datadog is number six, six or seven on my uh, wow. filter list this Thanks. morning. Um, it, EPS beat, sales beat, guidance. Uh, well above estimates. Uh, not not well above, but above. Uh, earning uh, guidance for the quarter was good. Guidance for the year was good. Everything was good from this report. All the all the headline numbers beat estimates. I heard a scream this morning, and it came out of Arizona, and it was uh, Sean Udall. See <laughs> on this one. He talked about this thing uh, when it was ugly, Dennis. When I think maybe in June when it was trading at 65, 70, yeah. it was, I don't know how many, and then it had a, a bad report. Or maybe it was right in here. I'd love to go back to the archives and see where it was. Uh, not much to say about this one. Blasting the new all time high. Uh, expect if you get through 132.50, which is not far away from here, uh, I expect more upside. It's the only number I can give you. Seems to be holding 130 as support. If you're going to get me to buy this at 130, then you're talking about the wrong, you're talking to the wrong person. But 130, 132.50, that, that looks like where the paper is in D Dog after the big beat. Earnings season is so hard to trade. I mean, there are some stocks that beat and raise and pop, and then there's other stocks that beat and raise and drop. I mean, it's all about expectations uh, coming in, but a little bit of random walk theory here because you're getting some tech stocks that actually reported pretty good quarters and they get hit. And then you're getting other tech stocks report pretty good quarters and they get jacked up. So it's tricky, man. The interpretation on these things, it's tricky to trade. Did uh did Kathy was this one did she load it up on? I can't remember. We don't even talk about Kathy anymore. But anyway. Well, she was buying a lot of hood. I'll tell you, she made some money in hood. And and I made a lunch off of that because I bet Aaron Bree that she would buy hood and I nice. I got myself a nice pot belly sandwich. So thank you, Aaron Bree. Where is uh, pot belly? They had earnings uh, this morning. They had earnings this morning for whatever. Oh, everything had earnings. Oh, look at that. Morning. Yeah, yeah. That was a random stock we talked about. Had earnings. <laughs> yeah, PB. You know, it's a big earnings day win. Dennis, if I, if you could, uh, if we could get together socially, and I could take you out for all the uh, lunches I owe you at Pot Bellies at uh, Twelve Mile and Telegraph, this thing would be. Well, now there's one downtown too. If, if I could ever, ever get... cross the border. Yeah, you ever we'll coming see. back to the... I got my vaccine now, so maybe eventually... Uh, what's going on with that? Are they letting you guys open I think so. Yet? I think they are. I think they're opening up the borders. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll never see Dennis again. I, 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 <laughs> Joe, I've seen you twice in the last year and a half, which is two more than I than I thought. <laughs> I'm planning on coming soon. I just... Okay. Uh, I don't know when. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Um, 8.50 here. Let's do some tickers from the chat earlier in the hour. We uh, Matt had dropped uh, SoFi and Under Armour on us here. SoFi was moving yesterday with with uh, Robinhood. Under Armour had is one of the few we talk about like who, what what looks good. Under Armour doesn't look terrible, right? It's one of the few things uh, that that has actually Ooh, gone up and held wow, its earnings what a move. Game. I know That's the earnings move, eh? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 there Dap are many, go. There aren't many of these this, this time around, but Under Armour is holding its earnings earnings gain. So congratulations. Uh, thoughts on UA or UAA? It's been a big move. Yeah, no kidding. That's, I don't buy, like, when I see moves like that, I'm more inclined to sell them than buy them. But, I mean, oh. it's been a big move. 
The, Under Armour can never seem to get above like the mid twenties. They're coming right back in the resistance, and you and you and you literally blast off like a rocket ship to get there. So I don't know. You're starting to run into trouble here, probably at that high twenty one eighty two. If you're looking at the UA, this is the UA and the UAA. I trade these against each other, but um, I don't know. I think you're going to run into trouble a buck higher from here. So if you're coming in now, it's like my risk reward doesn't set up nearly as good as it would have a few days ago. I had the earnings report though. Ah, uh, boom, boom, boom. So UA, boom. I'm sorry, I lost attention. I, I, LB, did what? I, oh, there it is. No, that's KB. UA, UAA. Oh, no, I know, but limited brands. Why is this LB coming up as uh, incorrect symbol? They changed the symbol. Yeah. Is that today? They did that? Spin off. Come on, guys. You guys got to stay oh, with it. Stay with it. It's been a few days. Oh, well, to... is there something else involved with this? Yeah, they, it, there's two. It's two companies now. Oh gosh! So it's what's Bay, the other one? Bed Bath, it's it's uh, Bed Bath or Bath and it's Bath and Body Works and Victoria's Secret. So I don't know what the other ticker is. It's oh BBWI. There we go. Oh man, do they not <laughs> want people to trade their stock? What is this? What? Oh man, because this thing isn't at one twenty. What? What are they? I don't know. I have to. No, you, I, know, I, you have both, Joel. You own. I both. know. Well, okay. this is. But I probably have. Wow, this is confusing. Okay, okay. figure All it right. out. Go look at your up. account. You got shares of Bed Bath. No, because if, because I, lo- if I log into my long term account, I'm going to sell everything. So that's I'm why you don't log do- in there. That's why I don't log in. <laughs> it's actually a good strategy. Ching, boom, out, 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 and. Okay, a, so do you have thoughts on Under Armour? I mean, we're at resistance. UA, I don't know. I mean, these things run. I'm not standing in the way of UA, I, right? I mean, good day yesterday. Take out yesterday's high. You got two levels to look at. You have the high 2120 and 2183. That's it. Short-term targets. First things first, stay green. Take out the prior day's high. What about Fastly here? Uh, oh mixed, gosh, mixed, getting killed in this. mixed earnings last night. You never sold um, it? I kept one little piece. I sold half. I sold half. <laughs> Can you please let me know when you keep a little piece? Of I know. I should get in and out. I always do bad when I do half positions, but I bought this at 41. I let it run all the way to 60. I sold a summit in the mid 50s and then I had the 64 ridiculous move on the potential takeover. Like there was rumors it was going to get taken over. That was sell day and it's been straight down ever since. And I've just been watching it slow. You know, these death by a thousand cuts when you have in the long term portfolio. It's just like, Oh, it goes down a dollar. Oh, it goes up a fifty cents. It goes down another two dollars. It goes up a dollar. It's like death by a thousand cuts. It's like you just don't even pay attention to it. And then you look at it two weeks later, you're like three weeks later, it's like how did I lose ten bucks? I mean, it was no news, just slow leak. And now all of a sudden you get the capitulation. Boom! They drop the hammer. I take my winning trade to a losing trade. Never let that happen. So um, I should have sold it all. Obviously, didn't. Um, bag holder in this one now too. So getting them, I've got some bad positions on here now. The Pen Gaming, the Fastly. <laughs> At one point in time, at the beginning of the year, my long term portfolio had ninety seven out of hundred winners. Now it's got some losers in there. So yeah, even though the market's at all time highs, my portfolio's got some crappy stocks in there. So Fastly and Pen are two of them. So I don't. I'm not buying more today. I mean, sometimes it's nice to buy the dip, and I know there's a lot of people attracted to come in here, but valuation has always been kind of nosebleed on this this was a trade that i kind of just a swing trade that i timed perfectly and i let it kind of become a long-term investment i shouldn't have so even though it was i was winning in it i let it become a long-term investment now i'm losing in it so this goes to what mitch was saying earlier it's a kind of environment 
where you're just buying and holding stocks, you know, unless you're in the right ones like a Moderna, it's been like more of a market where you should take the profits when you got them because if you don't take them, the market takes them for you. A swing trade that you struck out on. Uh, well, at least you, you at least you, you got out a piece. Uh, what the only thing I can say about this is that someone is buying and they want to buy in this area. I don't know if they're going to continue buying. I don't know if they're going to step up to the plate. But someone is saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to bring this stock in under 35. And if it probably goes to 30 more, they'll probably even be bigger. If it goes to 33, they'll be even bigger. But if you want to if you want to try and look at like this chart, and I've seen this, and I'll just go with the Clorox the other day. Remember when it was just so sleepy down there at 160, and we're looking like, oh, 155. Oh, we're going to be big buyers at 155. You don't uh-uh. get there. Yeah, they don't, don't get, get there. Yeah, yeah, they don't get there. So I could give you a monthly level and fastly, but I would just look, you know, try and look to the right of the chart instead of to the left. And I won't put my hand up for you folks, but like, let's say you open up right here, you hold, you know, you open up at 35, you go 34, 60 low, and then you come back up through 35. Then I think you, you could, you could get, I mean, you're going to get a pop on this thing. It's down nine. No, I, I wouldn't say that. We haven't had I a think pop you'll at get all. A you'll pop. have a pop somewhere, but I don't think you necessarily just come 35 and say, you're going to get 37. I don't think that's guaranteed at all. I'm, this I'm thing has continued to leak. It. It's continued to leak the entire session. Yeah, but someone's standing. All right. I mean, it will trade 37 today. I'm not guaranteeing it, but it will trade 37 today. <laughs> I, I don't know if it will or not. I don't know if it's so going to go it's 31 ugly, man. first. It's ugly, but but someone's someone's stepping up. Someone is getting a windfall that wanted to buy it at 45 yesterday. They wanted to buy 250,000 shares. They go, you know what? I'm going to wait for the report. And now they're getting a 10-point discount, and they're buying a quarter million shares. That's just a hypothetical scenario. Trade at your own discretion. I, I seriously know nothing about this fastly. I screwed this <laughs> trade all up. I had it perfectly. I was up 50% at one point in time. I let it become a loser. Don't follow anything that I did on okay. fastly. I did it all wrong. You're going to sell. Sell it all. Don't sell half. That's what I did wrong. I sold half and forgot about the other half. You know what happens is when I sell half, I just get comfortable and I stop thinking about it because it's not as much money. And, you know, you don't manage the position as well. And that's the problem with, you know, lagging in and lagging out. And, you know, I'm going to lag in. I'm going to buy 10% of what I want to buy. Well, then I stop paying attention to it to a certain extent. I guess if you're a long-term investor and you're like Kathy Wood, that works. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult because, you know, here you are. You're trading full-time. You've got a long-term portfolio that you're trying to manage. You do some swings and you mix it all in there. And, you know, the time frames sometimes cloud over each other to a certain extent. Like, I've got my bright trading account that I know I'm always day trading. But I'm doing the swing trading and I'm doing the long-term investing. And you're like, ah, it kind of mixes itself in there a little bit there. And then you might have designated it swing and then That's it's going bad. up. And I don't That's know. Bad. That's bad. Know, know your time frame, right? No, it, but it's tough because I'm trading all time frames. So yeah. it'd be nice. So I trade as a day trader and I'm like overnight. You right. know, it's 24-hour trading period. But then I've got like, you know, I like, you know, this setup on the chart. And I think the stock could go for a bit. And I'm trying to make like 10, 20, 30% on some stocks. And then other stocks, I'm like, I like this. I don't want to look at this ever again. I want to hold this forever. 
you know, and and it, it's tough. I mean, I think all traders. I don't see how you do it, frankly. I don't see it's, how you do it. Well, I, well how I really you don't. you trade too, Joel? You trade both. Yeah, time, but right? it's short trade, term, you know. in and but out. Joel, Joel trades like futures. Like, yeah, that you get in, stopped out, momentum in out. I mean, it's not. I mean, it it it's really tough to keep all those different uh, uh, all those uh, different time frames. It's really, really tough. It, yeah, I, I, and when you take stocks through earnings as a trader. You never take stocks through an earnings report. I would never intentionally, like sometimes you get stuck and sometimes, you know, I'm like doing stuff and I'm like, I forget it trades earnings, you know, as a trader, but but for the most part, if you're a technical trader and you're just trading technicals, you shouldn't be taking stocks through earnings. If you're an investor, you should absolutely be taking stocks through earnings. You've got to take them through because sometimes, you know, those are the biggest moves you're going to get. So, I mean, that's, that's just this environment. It's, it's tricky. To, and, and I've struggled this for, with this for years, and it's a good topic for you know another day because we're gonna run out of time. Yeah. But just how to not let the time frames you know all cluster together, you know, figure out you know what you're in, and you know, and I struggle with it too. All right, I, I'm gonna hop off here. We, you know, I see a lot of people upset, subscribers, non-subscribers that you know we're not getting all the tickers between what we have. Sorry, and what you guys, guys that we can't. But I'm gonna hop <laughs> over to premarketprep.com and try and cover all these crazy issues that you guys want. So, Spencer, I'm I'll ready. check in with you later. Right. Everyone, have a good one. Clearly, no one here. I'm the only person that knows what they're doing. Obviously, all right. So, so everyone, that's just, a good point, trade. Yes, that's solid. I just showed you how to lose ten points and fastly, Spencer. I'm down ten points and fastly today, so I'm taking the opposite side. I know I show you how to lose. <laughs> okay, so he, he, here's the truth. Like here's how I pre, uh, approach this very thing, right? And it, part of it is different accounts, but I know you have that too. Obviously, I have different accounts, and I genuinely don't think about them. Like I, I have my, my main for my Fidelity account with my longer term stuff. That's where I've got like SoFi, I've got Airbnb, I've got all, all my ETFs, all that stuff. It's all in there, and I don't. Think about it. Like, like there's maybe one or two positions that I think about a little bit. Like, I think about the P, the PSTH that that kind of stinks and 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 whatever. But like, I I don't think about this stuff. Like, whether I'm up or I'm down. I and I I know that's that's easier said than done. Um, so, but but I I I know what what is long term. I know I can take it. I and I don't know what these stocks are doing all the time. I genuinely don't. Like like some sometimes I'll like pull up um a chart of something that I own and I'm like, Oh, I am up or I'm down way more than I thought I was. Like, yeah. Cause I have no idea. I have that too. I right. mean, I have that too. Sometimes like I'm not yeah. sitting there actively managing it too. Like I don't look at fastly for a few days and you know, and you've got in the long term account. I'm talking a few months. <laughs> yeah. Or a few months. Yeah. Well, a few months. Okay. Exactly. Like I'm here every day, but it doesn't mean I'm looking at all my stuff every day. I genuinely don't do that. I make a point not to do that actually. So, yeah. So, you know, um, sometimes I even forget what the tickers are. Honestly, I've got a couple ETFs. And I can't even remember what the, tick- what the tickers are. I've got to go look it up. So, I don't know. I, I've struggled with this with my trading for 21 years, separating yeah. investing from trading. Some some parts of me thinks that I should just index on the long-term investing you side. You are an indexer. You just want to meet. I am indexed heavy. I know it yet. I am indexed heavy because yeah. I own so many stocks. You know, like if I looked at my portfolio on any given day, Market goes up one percent. My portfolio goes up a little bit less because I'm like dividend heavy, so I'm not as high of a beta. But market goes down one percent. My portfolio goes down a little bit less. So I kind of am like a value indexed fund because I'm big enough that and and I own like spy and I own like you know ETFs as well. So you know even though I lose ten points in fastly, yeah, what is it like one percent of my portfolio probably? So I mean 
you know, really in the big scheme of things, you know, yeah, it sucks, but is my portfolio going to be red today? It might not even be red. So it might be up, you know, because the market's up overall. So, um, you know, part of me just thinks I should just index and in the long term and then just swing trade and day trade, swing trade and day trade. And don't take any of your swings through earnings reports and don't take any of your day trades through earnings reports and try to avoid the fundamentals and trade the charts and trade the technicals and trade your edges and just index on the long side and not worry about it. You know, I, some of me thinks I should just do that. I, I, I want I want Peter's thoughts on this here because Peter's, you know, on the floor every day. He's trading every single day, but he's got his own long-term stuff too, and I want to know how... And I have to go. I, I want to say hi to Peter for a minute. Though, okay, well, here, you here he is. Peter Tuckman, good morning. Um, we're talking about how you separate the long-term and, and stuff from from the, the short-term stuff, and you obviously have long-term stuff, but you're at the same, same time, you're trading every day for... For, for, for clients and things like that. So how do you separate the two and not screw yourself out of, you know, trade out of all your long-term, long-term positions? <laughs> it's so great to see you two guys to so listen to Dennis talk about what's up. I'm talk about um, just trading technicals, right? Cause that not was not always the way you were doing it. So it's great to hear that part that how we are able to sort of curate our portfolio as things change. Right. And so I was really excited to hear that that's your thoughts going forward and uh, just indexing it stuff too, because it's complicated. I, you know, look, I'll tell you one thing though, guys, this is a, this is a, um, a luxury problem in so many ways. It's why I've never invested in the stock market. I oh, don't so know, you don't invest. What? You just trades. I, I do not own stocks. I've never owned stocks. I've really, uh, up until recently, I had some money that my dad gave me, which I put in, in a, um, in a small thing, but I've never owned a share of stock in my life. Oh, uh, no, but you own like equity. You own like mutual fund. I owned a share of stock in my life, Spencer. Okay. You have so to- what do you do? You invest in real estate? Where do what? you invest? Or yeah. you just keep your trading account? You have to realize I have two children who I put through college. They graduated without a, not a penny of debt. I've been on Wall Street doing lots of different things. And so my you have to realize, too, that when I'm trading on the floor under my regulations for customers, hedge funds, prop shops, whatever I'm doing, I am not allowed to be in stocks that I'm in for a customer for at least 30 days. So historically, look, my career has had ebbs and flows and positive years and rough years and whatnot. But one of my my goals was to let my kids graduate school. We got you. Oh, we just oh, lost yeah. them. Okay, good we'll, stuff. We're good. Um, and so that's where, you know, if you ever put two kids through private school in New York and college, you'll know where, uh, what, why I would probably have a million bucks invested in the market that I don't. However, it's super, you know how the mind works and the paradox of, of looking at your portfolio and your P&L on a daily basis. You have to realize I trade the S&P, uh, a, 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 a model that I built with a couple other people around the 378 stocks that we trade on the floor of the NYSE every single day, right? So, and so, and I'm in and out of all of them on a daily basis. And I've done that literally this model since 2006. So therefore it would be, unless I was really had the money and was a long-term investor and put money aside, yes, probably I could do it and not touch it. But under the regulations as a trader on the floor, you know, right. that's super. And think about this too. If I was sitting there in this wild market, and I, you know, money's a funny thing, how it plays with your mind. If I was sitting there and I'm playing a short-term 
trade for customers. If I had a position in my head that I was all focused on, that was either going against me or going in my favor, and I was taking a position for the customers of my company, right? It would be like, oh no, I'm hoping I would get overrun by hope. That, I hope he doesn't sell too much. I hope he's not getting aggressive. I'm long the stock. So that conflict of interest was something that I put on the shelf decades ago. I said, you know what? I have I have a nice business. I'm going to make. I make a good living trading for them. And if I'm going to be sitting there focused on my PL, which you know can be the loudest voice in your head, right? Then yeah, for sure. If I'm focused on that, you guys are different. So you're not doing what I'm doing. So you're able to do that. But if I'm sitting there worrying about my PL when I'm actually uh, uh, trading for a customer, which is my fiduciary responsibility and my priority, then that conflict would drive me back, excuse my language. So I've sort of, I decided, you know what, I'm going to set my priorities. The kids graduated both. My son works with me. He's my partner on the floor. He trades, he, he's, uh, he's, he, he works with me. My daughter just graduated college. They have no debt. That was, that's one of the most freeing things. And then when I trade clearly and I'm able to analyze the market for you guys and for me and for Wall Street Global Trading Academy and whatever, I do it with a pure motive, right? I have no other agenda except right. for why shit moves the way it moves. It was a decision yeah. I made. There are people on the floor who, who do trade. They, they, they obviously are not allowed to buy and sell intraday around stocks that they're in for customers. That's always yeah. been our regulation. But yeah. for me, I like sort of that purity of thought. You know me, I'm more of like a forensic analyst than somebody who's going to stock, pick stocks. So that's been, that's a luxury problem for me that I don't have to worry about what you guys are going through. I, I, I wouldn't have thought that I extended, though, to like mutual funds. I guess it, I guess it does. You know what? Well, I know CNBC. I think you can own a mutual funds. You can. You can. There are probably yeah. nothing crannies around it. But you know okay. what? It's, it's just, you know, life is complicated. A lot goes on. Okay. And so whether there were times where there had money or not, and I just decided where to where to put it, I realized there was clearly a, a wall and of conflict between because not everybody does what I do. You have to realize that a lot of people on the floor are trading individual stocks for customers. They get order flow. One day it's one stock. Maybe it's a basket. But the model that I trade, which is literally the S&P 500, each individual stock. And then, I mean, we've, we've talked about it a little bit, but we can go into it another time in more detail. I trade the basket of the S&P that trades in New York relative to market on closed flow. So literally every day, every one of the stocks on the NYSE and the SPY, I'm in, whether it's 100 shares, 1,000 shares or what. And so for me to start tracking what I'm in for them and what I'm in for me, impossible. Right. It, it could only make me crazier, and I'm pretty pretty shot. To get <laughs> We're all crazy, Peter. Well, anyway, I gotta go. We're gonna let you run with Spencer here for a bit. I love seeing you, Peter. Stay late good for you. Love you. See you, man. Yes, that, sir. That, that that was really good. I, I I just learned I learned a lot just then. I didn't. I never realized. Uh, I had always just assumed incorrectly. It turns out. That, oh, it yeah. makes sense. Most most. No, do. I mean, it, it, we, obviously, it makes sense. You you can't be doing one thing for a client and then doing something else for yourself. It, 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 no money it, looks fence. Money's a funny thing that way, you know. We're and we're yeah. all that way. We're only human. And can you imagine if I was like apprehensive to take a position based on the information I have for a trader? Because I have a long-term position, you know. I mean, I, I could just sort of say, "Oh, forget about it." But you know how that is. I'm watching. You're in your mind. You can see your P and L going. Oh my God, why why am I getting aggressive? For you know. So, you know what? It was a decision I made a long, long time ago. I said I need some purity in what I do here because that way I can actually, you know, 
you know, the market is so much bigger than all of us. Look at the moves that we're seeing, right? Look at Hood yesterday. You know, I wanted to talk about this with you because I think it's sort of exciting. Is Please. we've dabbled in it a little bit about the sort of the ADDness, you know, the ADHDness of the market. How we saw yesterday, you know, that sort of the herd mentality came back in with with Hood, right? But it's funny how you've never seen this. Is you know, look. There have been times historically where people will sell one sector and get into another. Tech is overvalued. They're, they're taking their profits there. We've seen that this year, too, when NASDAQ got hit kind of hard. They were like selling the, the high performing tech ones and getting into the, the mid caps and small caps. So we see that kind of rotation called rotation by the by the you know the people smarter than me in markets. But to see actually like we saw yesterday, them sell all the meme stocks and going in the hood. Right. How fascinating is that? It was almost like, you know, the herd of a plane that's landing at, at gate seven, gate eight, gate nine from that funny movie, Airplane. You know, you literally, if you looked at the the chart on GameStop, AMC, you know, all the stocks that they were playing in the meme side in a market that was, I mean, it was down 300, but it wasn't not, that was not significant to the fact that some of these were down multiple percentages, but they were bailing on all those. It's like, oh, you know, and then go, everybody was in hood, right? And so I just I, I don't think we've seen that before. Look, we've never seen the phenomenon of the meme stocks. We've never seen these 40 million new kids, uh, people, whoever they are, trading the stock market like this. And mm -hmm. it's like everybody, OK, let's go to hood. Right. And everyone is like selling this and going into the hood. So I find that fascinating. It's, it's you know, look, I, I, I don't I don't have an axe to grind against it, as I've said before. Anything that gets eyes on this market by young, new people involved in the market for me is the greatest thrill. But it's fascinating to see how when they CNBC put up the chart of the other memes, they were all getting eviscerated. And friggin I mean, and we, we haven't even talked. We didn't even mention AMC this morning before you just brought it up. But I mean, AMC below below 30. I mean, this morning, last night, it, it got to 28.50. This is AMC we're talking about. This, this thing was at 72. You know, that, that was the high. So so yeah, and obviously, like the the concept of stocks ripping up a hundred percent, two hundred percent at the open is not a new thing. It happens all the time to penny stocks, biotechs on drug news, whatever. But the a there's the more attention from from you know retail brokers, uh, thanks in part to AMC, GameStop, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and maybe that changes the, the the dynamic of of this whole thing. And 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 so so and and B, I mean, people, there's a difference between trading some penny stock, like you know, some company that no one's ever heard of, some biotech, whatever, and and a brand that we've all heard of, like Robinhood and 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 AMC and GameStop. So. You know, for the people that are like, what, 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 are they, what are they talking about? You know, that there are 100, 200 percent movers every single day. It's been that way for forever. Yeah, but not not to this extent, not to this widespread, uh, not not to the widespread nature that we've had it. I, Twitter helps with that. Reddit helps with that. Right to to sort of fan Discord. They all just sort of fan the flames. It is definitely much easier to get um, a, a viral movement going on in stock now than it ever has been before. Um, whereas before maybe no, you have no, you have only like the only the hardcore traders buying today's penny stock of the day, right? Now it's just much easier to fan the flames. So so let's 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 put pennies on the side for a second. It highlights yeah. though how dangerous these moves are. Sure. Because look, you talked about a penny stock, we'll get into it. There was some word around it and it rallied. That's fine. Then yeah. you've had those stocks that made those major the biotechs on news about sure. FDA approval or this or that. 
that's where we saw that kind of other call, uh, 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 volatility. But this new phenomenon is new, right? There's no question about it. And when you have it, and we always talk about technical analysis, when you have stocks that are real companies, some of them coming out of bankruptcy or not, some of them have obviously been in play now for a year and change, make those moves, right, from 20 to 30 to 75 and back to 30, right? And people are following, getting their financial advice advice and trading advice from the internet, it leaves the zone to be a dangerous playing field. And so the moves are being made for no other reason than everyone's running into them and running out of them. And so what does that do? It's like, who gets the first phone call, right? It's like, you know, like, oh yeah, the great steaks showed up at the butcher shop. Who's getting the first phone call? Who are you taking your advice from, right? You know, uh, uh, or whatever. I had, I will mention it. I had a fascinating chat the other day. I was fortunate enough to, um, to get on the phone with uh, Jamie uh, Rogozinski, who was the, um, the yeah, founder. Yeah, he, he, of- he was on our Power Hour show on Thursday, I think, or Monday, Monday or Tuesday. Correct, correct. Days ago. He told me he had been on with you guys, but we, yeah. we, we reached out to each other and we spent a couple hours on the phone. First of all, it was an honor because he's the real deal and what, what, a, what a groundbreaking legend. But it was fascinating to know how this whole thing started and what his feelings are about it now. And this phenomenon mm-hmm. is here to stay, no question. But the playing field is not even, right? Especially when young people without um, are taking advice from people they think have their best interest involved and not. That move, and then let's add the other little sort of uh, a caveat to it, which is what I started the conversation about, that description when somebody picks a stock that's going to be the flavor of the day, and then they bail on everything else. In the old days, you know, maybe maybe Hood would be the flavor of the day, but it doesn't mean they're going to bail on all their positions on AM, AMC, right? But what we're seeing is this whole generation is moving in concert with each other. And it's, it's almost like, like ants going to a piece of food on the road or the rats going after the pizza on the corner. It's like, guys, we're going, boom, get out of that and let's get into this. And, and as exciting that is, and I have nothing against it, I'm just saying from a technical point of view and from a, a somebody who has experience trading this market, and as I always say, I want people to come to this party and be successful. I don't want people to be buying stuff at 30, watch it go to 70, listening to some schnutz who tells them it's going to the moon, and then suddenly the hood becomes the story of the day, and they spend a month trying to get back to even, Spencer. There are people, look, we know that David Green, who trades live with you guys, he's now trading live on, on Twitch this morning. We just launched this thing. It's super fun. Anyone interested, go watch David trading live on Twitch. Uh, talks about it that, that he has people come in who have no experience trading, who have bought some of these meme stocks way up high, and are tr- don't know what to do with that position because they're 20, 30 bucks out of the money. And they're want, trying, and they don't have a lot of margin to play around it. And they're spending a month getting back to even when we're having these great days they could have been benefiting from. So I beg no. people to learn what you teach, UE teach, technical analysis, Wall Street Global Trading Academy, learn from people with experience. I, as I said, I don't own stocks. So I have no X. I'm not touting anything here, guys, except. I want you all to be successful in this. And if you buy a stock, whether you're following the herd or not, and I'm not telling you, you got to listen to me. But if you buy something at 30 and it goes to 60, I beg you to take the money off the table. There will be another opportunity. And it's funny because opportunities come not necessarily if it goes down, but if a stock is going to forge higher for the right reasons, 
there will be another opportunity. So you can buy a stock at 30, sell it at 60, come in fresh and clean every morning. That's what day traders do, right? And whether it goes to 70 uh, and you buy it again and you sell it at 90, you're still good. It doesn't have to come down. But in order to preserve your capital and your portfolio on a day-to-day -day basis to be able to come into this market fresh, because as we know, every day there are opportunities. This is not the summer, the summer of love here. This is a wild, volatile summer with a lot going on. Every day we're seeing great, incredible opportunities and moves. For us, people who know technical analysis, volatility is a gift, right? I don't come in here all nervous. I come in excited like, so where's the opportunity? right? And I don't like people throwing darts at a board just because, just because Th these moves are happening not for any other reason, except everyone's jumping into them. They're not going up because of earnings. They're not going up because of anything except more buyers than sellers. This is an auction market. And when that happens and you don't, you're not the first one to get the phone call that the buyers have turned seller, well, you could end up getting, holding the line and holding the bag. So I, I beg people to check that out. Peter Tuckman. Uh, by the way, Peter, Peter, how was your surgery? You're all good on the shoulder front? You know what? I had the surgery. It went well. It was okay. successful. There was some stuff going on. I'm I'm uh, forging a road to recovery. Let's leave it at that. Okay, good. Peter Tuckman, the Einstein of Wall Street, Wall Street Global Trading Academy, joins us every Thursday. Peter, thanks a lot as always. Feel feel right. better with the shoulder. And, and if everyone gets a chance, go check out David Trading live on Twitch. Wall Street right. Global. Which is awesome. Thanks, right. Th thanks a lot, Peter. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Hopefully, this is the last time you hear this ad because with Chime Checking Account, features like fee free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts. Or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com Goals24. That's Chime.com Goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.